Take a breath. So I've entitled my message this morning, When God Seems Late. You see what I did there? See what I did there? Who hates me a little bit right now? <laughs> yeah, figured. <laughs> Who hates to wait for stuff? I hate waiting for stuff. In fact, I kind of feel bad even asking that question because quite often it's me and Ruth that make people wait for stuff. But, but I hate waiting, you know? Who hates waiting for water to boil? I'm so glad we've got an urn here. It's instant hot water. Or lights to change. Or your Amazon package to arrive. Or your spouse to finally do what you've asked them. No, don't put your hand up. Don't put your hand up for that. Gosh. Well, we're talking today about when God seems late. And you know, sometimes on our, on our journey with God, there's, there's things that happen and there's things that we experience that just don't make sense to us. And the reality is that there's probably many of us here this morning who are waiting on God to come through for something. I don't know exactly what it is for you, but I expect that most of us, if not all of us, are waiting for God on something to come through for us, to, to, to help us out in whatever situation it is we're facing. And we, we, you know, we come to him with faith and we know that he, he can do it. And yet, right now, he's not yet done what it is that we're hoping for. So we're in this kind of, this season of, of waiting. And you know, if you're anything like me, then, then perhaps after waiting for a bit and, and praying in faith and, and then waiting for a bit longer and, and praying in faith some more and, and then waiting a bit longer, you get to the point where you're just like, why hasn't God stepped in now? Why hasn't he come in and, and sorted this situation out for me? And I don't know what it is for for you this morning. I don't know what it is that you're waiting on God for. It might be financial breakthrough. It might be relationship breakthrough. It might be that perfect job. It might be that new house. I don't know what it is that you're waiting for, but, but let's be honest this morning. Let's just, let's just get it out of the way. For those of us who, who have been in that place where we've been waiting on God for something, who's, who's said to God, who got to the place where you're just like, why haven't you stepped in right now? You know, Maybe it's, it's not just me. There's a few hands going up. But I get to that point and I'm like, why? I've been waiting a long time for this. Why haven't you stepped in now? I know that you can do it. You know, we read the truths in the Bible, don't we? And we, we hear the promises of God that are spoken over our lives. So we know in his power and in his authority and in his goodness that he can come through for us in, in whatever it is that we're facing. And yet sometimes we're, we're waiting and we're praying, and we're waiting, and we're praying, and we just get to the point where we're like, God, why haven't you come in and sorted this out yet? In our humanity, I think it's acceptable for us to, to approach God and to just say, why haven't you fixed this yet? Why haven't you changed this situation? Why haven't you moved this mountain for me? Because I know that you can, and I believe that you will, but right now, you haven't done it and I'm waiting. And the reality is for, for all of us at different seasons of our lives, we, we, we encounter these kind of waiting seasons where we know that God can do what it is that we're waiting on him for, but right now he, he hasn't done it. We've got the faith for him to move, but right now it seems like he's not moving. You know, maybe for you, you're, you're waiting for the right job to come. And, you know, I know that there's some people in here that are, are waiting for that. 
and you're ready to, you're ready to step into work and you're, you're applying for jobs and, and you think you've found the right job. And you apply and then you wait, but then you don't get it. Or you're looking for that house and, and you find the thing that you think is perfect and, and you pray into it. And you're dead specific because I think it's great when we can pray specifically. Isn't it great when you, when you have a dream or a desire and you just say, do you know what, I'm going to pray super specific into this situation because I know that God can come through. So we begin to pray into this stuff and we're like, God, I have the faith that you're going to move in. I have the faith that you're going to provide. And yet right now it seems like he's not doing anything. Let me give you some encouragement this morning. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. With God, a waited season is never a wasted season. In fact, I want to show you this in John's Gospel today. We're going to look at uh, just a portion of scripture from chapter 11 in John's Gospel. Um, and it's, this, it's a really powerful story about, about two sisters that you, you may well know, Mary and Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. In fact, Mary and Martha were, were super close to Jesus. In fact, there's, there's the story in Luke's gospel where Jesus comes over to their house for tea. You know, it's a funny story because some of you are quite like Martha and you're, you're just kind of busy doing a load of stuff and getting the preparations ready and making sure the tea's going and it's all perfect. And that's cool because, you know, it's great to, to do things well for God. But then others of you, are, you're just... You just sat at his feet and you're like, I'm like Mary, I'm just, I'm chilling out, I'm spending some time with God and it is all good. And for those of us who are like Martha, you're just looking at Mary going, seriously, get off your butt and come and help me. And Mary's over here like, no mate, I'm all, I'm all good. I'm enjoying my time with God. But it's great because that's, what that story shows us is, is how close Mary and Martha were with Jesus. How close they were to him. And then this story in John's Gospel, it shows us that their brother got sick. Their brother got sick. And, and because of their closeness of their relationship with Jesus, and because of everything that they'd seen Jesus doing and everything that they'd heard about him doing in the, in the local areas, they knew, they knew within their hearts that even though their brother Lazarus was sick, Jesus could come through and he could heal him. They knew it. They were absolutely certain. There was no wavering faith. Because of this closeness of their relationship with Jesus, they just knew that they knew that they knew that Jesus could come through for them and he could heal their brother who was sick. But sometimes God doesn't make sense. Sometimes God doesn't make sense. And that's what we're going we're gonna to see from this this portion of scripture. So why don't we start from verse 1 and see where it takes us. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the same Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. I think it's really interesting from this message that they, that they sent out, this message that's recorded, it just says, 
Lord, your dear friend is sick. They don't even mention his name. They just say, your dear friend is sick. So they've got this relationship with Jesus where they know that if they send out this message, he'll know exactly who it is that they're talking about. In some translations, it says, the one you love is sick. They didn't even say his name. They're just like, Jesus, you've got to come. Your best friend is sick. You've got to come. That's how close they were for him. And obviously, they were worried about their brother. You know, if, you, if, you're, if your brother or your sister or, or a family member or friend is sick, you're going to be worried about them, aren't you? Just because they had faith that Jesus was going to come through and they, they believed that he was going to come and, and heal their brother, they were still worried about them. That's a, it's a natural reaction to, to happen. But they believed and they had faith that if they sent out word to Jesus and let him know, this guy is sick, our brother is sick, your best friend is sick, they knew that he would come and that he would break through and he would bring healing. The healings that they'd seen throughout town, the healings that they'd heard of happening in the area, they knew that it would happen. Jesus is healing all these people. You can almost picture the scene of the, the two of them at home. They've sent off the message and they're, they're a bit worried and they're a bit concerned, but they're, they're comforting each other with these, these thoughts. You know, we know that Jesus heals. It's okay when he, when he gets here, when he arrives, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay as, as soon as he gets here. He's coming. We know as soon as he gets the message, he'll come straight here because he loves us, because he loves Lazarus. He knows where he's going. He's already been to our home. He's not going to get lost on the way because he knows where he's going. He's going to come. He's going to, he's going to come quick. And they're believing in faith. And then they wait. And then they wait. And he doesn't show up. And the next day they're like, it's okay, he's, he's definitely coming. Maybe he was just further away than we expected, but he's definitely coming. He, he knows the way he's going to be here. Just, Lazarus, just hang on a little bit longer. Jesus is coming and when he gets here, everything will be okay. And then they wait. And then they wait. And they're like, okay, I mean... It's been a couple of days now and he's not yet here. I'm sure I heard he was just down the road. He, it's okay, he's coming. Lazarus, just hang on, he's coming. And then they wait. And then they wait. And he's still not here. And the next day comes and they're like, oh, peering out the window. You can almost imagine it, can't you? That they're, just, they're anticipating his arrival because they know that his arrival will mean healing. They know that when Jesus arrives, everything will be okay. So they're like standing at the door. Is, he, is that him? Uh, no, no, it's not him. Is he, he, it's okay, he's coming. He's definitely... And they wait. And they wait. And the next day comes and he's still not there. But they know and they still have faith that when he gets here, everything will be okay. But then the chances are that that they got to a point of waiting and after, after two or three days, maybe they, they, they got to doing what, what, I don't know, I often do, is, is start to justify why Jesus should step in. You know, they start to reel through the list of things as, as to why Jesus should be coming. Oh, he's definitely going to come because, you know, we made him that great dinner and he, he loved it, so 
he'll definitely come again because even if nothing else, he'll get some food. Or, or maybe they start to think, well, you know, we were close friends with him. We, we showed him love. We showed him compassion and friendship. He'll definitely come. You know, maybe you or I are like, well, you know, I helped that old lady across the road the other day. I'm, I'm a good person. He'll definitely show up. I read my Bible and pray every day. He'll definitely show up when I, when I pray for this need I have. Jesus, didn't you see? I, I tweeted that Bible verse the other day. I used the right hashtags. Look how good a witness I am for you, God. He's definitely going to show up. I give my tithes. He's definitely going to show up. Look how much I've done to earn his presence in my situation. And we wait. And we wait. But with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. Because for those of you who are waiting right now and you're, you're praying for something and you're believing for something, you know, this year we've We'll keep saying it. We've talked about it being the year of restoration. And at the start of the year, we wrote things down on prayer cards. And if you didn't do that, there's more in the foyer. Grab hold of them. There's still time. Write down what it is that you're believing for restoration and breakthrough in and pray into that. And, and those of us who have done it already are, are praying into these things. And we're believing that, that loved ones are going to come to know Jesus. And we're believing that this house is going to get filled to the brim. And we're believing for healings and we're believing for great jobs and promotions and we're believing for all these things and yet we're waiting and we're waiting. We have faith that God will come through. We know from the promises of scripture that he can and he will do things that are good for us. That he will move us along the plans and purposes that he has for our lives. We have that faith within us we know that he can do it, so we pray with faith, and then we wait. We pray with faith, and then we wait, and yet sometimes we, we get to a place where we're praying, and, and he's not yet moving. Well, that's how it seems. But I want to give you two things this morning to remember, and hopefully to just build your faith a little bit in those periods of waiting, because we all go through them. And the first one is this. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. In other words, just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not gonna. Just because he hasn't moved yet doesn't mean he's not gonna. So when you're waiting and it looks like nothing's happening, keep having faith, keep strong, keep grounded, because just because he's not moved that mountain yet doesn't mean he's not going to. In fact, in verse 4 of this passage, we read this. But when Jesus heard about it, what did he hear? He heard that his best friend, Lazarus, was sick. When Jesus heard about it, he said this. Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. And then he said something that's really profound. He says, no. It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. In other words, he's saying, I know exactly what's going on. In fact, if you, if you read a few verses further, it says that he said to his disciples, no, we won't rush because we've still got some stuff to do right here. 
So we'll stay here a few more days. They were only like 10 minutes down the road, but we'll just stay here a few more days and do what it is that we're doing, and then we'll go. Because there's no rush. Because it says that what happens will happen for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through this situation. What happens may, may look confusing. What happens may, may look like I don't care. But the truth is that when I come and when I begin to move, that I will be glorified. That I will be glorified. Remember, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. In fact, I'll argue that sometimes we may experience a divine delay. We might experience a divine delay and it's a God-orchestrated delay. It's something that he puts into place, he puts into plan to make us wait. To make us wait. And for those of you like me who hate waiting, it's frustrating and it's confusing. And actually it gets us to the point where we're like, God, I don't understand what's going on here. Because we can't see what it is that that waiting period is for. You know, sometimes we, we do this, this with our kids, don't we? It's like we want to teach them patience. So we'll say, okay, you want this thing. Like Caleb has got to a point where he, he's, he's kind of earning money a little bit. So we, we've, we kind of put some things into place where he can earn some pocket money. We give him occasionally little bits of pocket money or whatever, but he wants bigger things. And we're not just going to give him what he wants when he wants it. So often he wants branded Lego, and who knows, branded Lego is super expensive. So I'm like, great, you know what you want, but you're not going to get it right now. What's going to happen is we'll, we'll remember where it is. We'll remember what the target is. Okay, you're aiming for 15 pounds to buy this Iron Man Lego or whatever it is he's after. But we're going to go on a journey to get there. You're going to have to set the table and tidy your bedroom and, and do all these things and wait a little bit longer to learn a lesson. Because in that period between, I really want this thing, to actually getting it, it may look confusing. Why do I have to wait? Why can't you just get it for me? And then I'll do all that stuff afterwards. <laughs> I'll do all that stuff, but just get it for me now because I really, really, really want it. But no, there's, there's real importance in that journey, isn't there? In that waiting, in that, that learning of whatever it is that, that happens within that waiting period. God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. He wants to do something in you before he does something for you. And I think that's really important to, to gather. And I can testify to it in my own life. I know that when I've been in those periods of waiting, that when I've been longing for something and I've been praying for something and I've been seeking him and, and fasting and all of that to, to just show him how serious I am about, about this thing that's on my heart. But then he makes me wait. And I may not see it in the waiting. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you, you get it and you're like, okay, this is what you're teaching me. Fine, I'll go through it. We'll learn that process. But other times, it's not until... The, until you finally get what it is you're after that you can look back and see. In fact, sometimes it's not till years later when you can look back with hindsight and go, ah, oh, that's what he was doing. And other times, the most frustrating times is when you finally get 
what it is that you were seeking for, but you can't understand what the waiting period was for. But know this, it was for a purpose. Even if you don't see what that waiting period was about, there was purpose in it. God was moving. You know, when, when I've been waiting on God, he's, he's taught me patience. He's taught me humility. He's taught me to, to really trust in him. Because I'm the kind of person who will, who will look for a solution. If I've got something going on in my life and, and it's, it's, there's even a glimpse of hope that I can fix it, I'll strive for that. Often I'll strive for that first before turning to God because that's just in my nature and I'm like, okay, I, I've got a problem, I need to fix it and I just get busy doing and it doesn't work out because God wants to teach me to just lean into him. He wants to teach me to, to trust on him and to, to rely on him fully because if I strive in my own strength to do something, I'm not listening to him. I'm not leaning on him. He teaches me to depend on him, to call on him, to press in to his presence. You know, like I said at the, at the start, it says that we should walk by faith and not by sight because sometimes I don't see what it is that, that I want to see. I can't see the pathway. I can't see the journey, but I just have to trust in God. I just have to trust in the, in the knowledge and the faith and the the hope and the assurance that we have through Scripture that God will come through, I just have to trust on that. Even though I can't see the how. I've got no idea how God's going to come through in this, but I can trust in him knowing that he will. Sometimes God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. Sometimes he wants to do something in you before he does something through you. So you may experience this, this divine delay, this God-orchestrated pause and waiting period where actually he's, he's growing you and he, he's, he's building you up. And just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to. So stand firm on that. So back to Mary and Martha and they're like, they're waiting and then they know that when he gets here it'll all be okay and they're like, Jesus, you've got to come. You've got to come. And I can imagine that they're on their knees and they're praying and they're crying out and, and they're just like, you've got to come. You've got to heal my brother. You've got to heal your friend. We've sent a message. Why aren't you here yet? And they're waiting and they're, they're praying and they're, they're frustrated and distraught and confused and, and upset and all this mix of emotions and they're, they're waiting. And time goes by and Jesus hasn't yet arrived and they're, they're still certain that he'll come but they wait some more and Lazarus is really really sick and, and yet they're waiting some more and then after four days Lazarus takes his last breath and then he dies and then he dies I mean if you were Mary and Martha in that situation, what would be going through your minds? We sent word to Jesus. We know he's just down the road. He's out there healing Roman soldiers. We don't even like Roman soldiers and he's healing them. And yet his best friend was sick and now he's dead. 
so much for the praise report on Sunday. He's dead. Imagine how they must have been feeling. Where is God in all of this? Where is their friend Jesus? The one who could have made a difference. Where was he? Where was he? What do we do in that moment where, where God just doesn't make sense? Where God just doesn't make sense and we're just left in this place of confusion and, and bewilderment as to why he didn't come through in this situation for us. I know that he could have. I believe and have faith that, that he could have moved this mountain and yet he didn't. And hope is gone. It's too late. And then eventually Jesus arrives. Eventually he arrives, but, but by the time he gets there, they've been waiting so long. They've been, you know, anticipating and expecting his arrival, but, you know, he's so late, it's almost insulting that he showed up at all. It's too late. He's dead. The body's been, been wrapped up and, and they've put it in the tomb. It's too late. It's too late. The body's been there a day and another day, and another day, and another day, and then finally Jesus shows up, but it's too late. Imagine what they must have been thinking. I mean, not only did you, did you not get here in time to heal him, but then you've not even got here to help us through our, our mourning. It's been four days. Where have you been? Where have you been, Jesus? And then verse 17 tells us this, when when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that, that Jesus had already been in his grave for, for how many days? Four days. And okay, this is important. This is important. It's four days because after four days, what's going to happen to that body? It's going to start to decompose. Yeah, it's going to start to smell a little funny. In fact, in the, in the King James Version, and you can look this up, this is true. In the King James version, version, it says, by this time, he stinketh. <laughs> How do you make a decomposing body sound fancy? Add uth onto the end. He stinketh. He was not in a good way. Anyway, four days into it, and, and he stinks. It's like, whew, this is not, this is not good. Lazarus's body is not in a good way. But, but those four days are tremendously significant. And the reason for this is that in the first century, there was this belief among people that the spirit would remain around the body for three days. But then after those three days had passed, the spirit would move on. So if you bought into that principle, then actually in those first three days after death, there was still a little bit of hope. There was still a little bit of hope. So Jesus waited four days when all hope was gone and then he shows up. Isn't that just like him? And it's hecka confusing and we're like, all hope is gone. Day one, day two, day three, still some hope and then day four comes. All hope is lost and then Jesus comes a knocking on the door. Man, you're too late. You're too late. 
You know, some of you, if you haven't experienced that yet, you will. I have no doubt that we'll all ex experience at some point this, this period of waiting, where you get to a point where actually all hope is lost, and then Jesus shows up. When all hope is gone, and then Jesus shows up. But in that period, in those, those days of waiting, in those days of, of confusion, we're just like, God, where are you? Where are you in this? I'm going through this and I love you and I have faith, but where are you? I need you to show up. And then he arrives and in verse 20 we read this. When, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. You bet she did. <laughs> She's not Mary, introvert and staying at home and just, you know, mournful. She's, I reckon after four days she's feeling sassy. And she goes marching out to him on the dusty road, hand on hip and wagging her finger. Where have you been? Where have you been? And it says this, if we read further. Jesus, if only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You can feel the frustration and the anger and the, the confusion in, this, in these words. Where were you? If only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died but they're still friends and she still respects him and she still has faith because read what it says next but even now even after all the waiting even after four days when all hope is lost I know that God will give you whatever you ask wow I love the reality of that because because quite honestly, that's where I live when I'm going through difficult situations. I'm in a, in a position in life where, where I'm waiting on God to move and I'm crying out to him and I'm like, God, why aren't you moving? But even so, I know that you can. Even though I'm going through all of this stuff, I still have faith. Even though I've been battered and bruised and, and left for dead, I still have faith that you will come through for me. That if this is your will, you will move. It's so relatable, isn't it? And in those moments, God is building faith and he's building trust within us. And I don't think it's me either. I think some of you here this morning are in that period of waiting and perhaps You've been waiting for so long that you've got to this point where you're, you're crying out to God, why? Why haven't you moved in this situation now? It's been going on too long. I've been dealing with this. I've been facing this for, for far too long now. I know this is not your will and your purpose. Where are you? Why aren't you moving? But even so, I know that you can. Even though I'm going through this, I know that I know that I know that you can. This financial situation that I'm in that just seems to keep getting worse and, and worse and worse, I, I know that you can. And this relationship that I'm, that I'm in that's causing me so much confusion and hurt and pain, where are you? But even though I know that you can. I know that you're able. I know that you're willing. 
and you're praying for, maybe you're praying for that someone in your life that doesn't yet know Jesus and you've been praying for years and years and years and, and still no breakthrough. But even though God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. You know, have you had that dialogue where you're just like, God, you, you're not meeting my expectations. You're not living up to, to my expectations that I've, that I've put on you. I believe in you. I trust in you. I, I worship you. I, I give and dedicate my life to you. But why aren't you doing what it is that I'm asking you to do? Why aren't you meeting my expectations? So the first point is that God's delays aren't necessarily God's denials. And the second is this. Remember that if God always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. If he always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. You see, Martha goes out to meet Jesus and she says, if only you were here a few days ago, my brother wouldn't be dead, but now he is. If only you'd responded to my call on the day that I sent it, then we wouldn't be in this situation. But then Jesus responds to her with these words in verse 23. Your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. How incredible is that? And then, then Martha goes on and she's like, yeah, I get that. He'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Because she believes, like, like we believe, that when the final trumpet sounds, the, the dead will rise and, and we'll be united in worship for, of our Heavenly Father. But right now in this situation, Martha's like, if you'd have just come, if you'd have just answered my call, if you'd just heard my cry, my brother wouldn't be dead. But Jesus is like, no, no, you're, you're not getting it. You're a little bit confused about what it is that I'm saying. Your brother will rise again. Not when the final trumpet sounds, but right now. You see, I'm going to be glorified in this situation. I'm going to be magnified in this situation. You see, I'm working on another plan. I'm not working on your plan. I'm not working on your plan. I'm working on my plan. And it is good. You see, this is not a change of plans. This is the plan that I had all along. I knew that I could have come back immediately and healed him and saved him from his sickness. I knew I could have done that. But that wasn't my plan. That wasn't my plan. This is my plan, that I be glorified through this. Because what you thought you wanted was best, but I had something even better. What you thought you wanted was the, was the best situation, but I had something even better planned. And it goes on in verses 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. 
I am the resurrection and the life. With me, there is no death. With me, death isn't the the end of the game. Death isn't the, the final point. There's more beyond that because I died for your sins. And when you put your faith in me, you have life and life everlasting. You see, even though your physical body may die, your spiritual body doesn't have to die. You can live with God forever in heaven because I am the resurrection and the life. You see, if God always met our expectations, he wouldn't have the chance to exceed them. And Mary and Martha, they had such strong faith in Jesus. They had this relationship with him that they came to a place where they expected healing. And I think it's good to have expectations of God because, because it means that we have that faith and that assurance that, that he can and he will come through for us. So, so we can expect for things, but just because he doesn't meet our expectations actually means that he could exceed them. What they wanted was good, but what Jesus had planned was so much better. Can we believe this morning for better? You know, whatever it is that we wrote on those cards, that's a great expectation to have, but maybe we should believe for better. Maybe we should believe for more. Maybe we should ask for more. And if we go big and we, we ask God for even more than we expect that he might come through with, then maybe he'll exceed even that. How great would that be? You know, maybe you're believing for just one of your family members right now. You know, let's just... Let's like man mark them. I'm just going to pray for this one and then I'll move on to the next one. And God's like, no, I'm just going to do it all. We're believing for that. You know, maybe you want a job and maybe even you've got to, you've found the perfect job for you. This is it. This is the one God. So I'm going to pray into this. This is exactly the right job for me. And then you don't get it. And you're in that, that period of, of confusion and, and of waiting and of, of what the heck is going on in this situation. And then nine months down the line and you find yourself in the actual perfect job, one that exceeds all of the expectations of that first one. You know, maybe you're believing for a house and you've got this checklist and you're like, yeah, I want four bedrooms and a garden and a fancy pants kitchen. And so you're praying into all of this and then you find the house that ticks almost all of the boxes. You're like, yes, God, this is the one. So we're praying, Lord God, I want this house. It's this number, this street. You can do it. And then it all falls through and, and the offer's not accepted or whatever. But then six months down the line and, and you're living in your brand new home that has four bedrooms and has a fancy pants kitchen and it has a garden, but it also has a garage and it has a study and it has 12 bedrooms or bathrooms and, it, and it's in a nice area. And it goes way beyond what it was that you were asking for and believing for. Whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is that you're waiting for, know that God can exceed our expectations. And Jesus looks at them from standing outside of the tomb and he says, roll away the stone. And then in verse 43 it says, Jesus shouted, why do you think he shouted? Well, because dead people don't hear very well. 
So he shouts, Lazarus, wake up. You're coming back to life. And scripture says, and the dead man came out. And the dead man came out. God didn't give them what they were expecting. They expected a healing. And he exceeded their expectations. You see, I want you to understand that God's delays are not necessarily his denials. And maybe you're in that, that waiting zone right now. But, but with God, a, a waiting season is not a wasted season. You know, perhaps God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. If God always did what we expected, he wouldn't be able to exceed our expectations. And, and that's where the testimonies come. That's where people go, wow, he did what? You know, we can be like, yeah, okay, he came through and that's great and we can praise him for that, but he did what? He went above and beyond? Wow, that's incredible. That's where, you know, faith gets built up and we, we begin to become stronger and bolder in our requests of God. And then he ex exceeds even those requests, those ones that come out of a place of boldness and, and exceeding faith. Just because you don't see it yet doesn't mean God isn't about to bring it. You may wake up and, and realize one day that you're, you know, the scene of your greatest disappointment becomes the setting for God's greatest miracle. A situation that you find impossible, a situa situation that you find really hard and challenging and difficult can actually be a platform for God to do something incredible in your life. So what do we do in those situations where, where God just doesn't make sense? And it's not, it's not unacceptable to be in that place. It's not you know, disappointing to God when you, when you get to a place of confusion because he knows that we're human. We're human. And so when you get to a place and you're just like, I don't understand. I don't think it's just me that's been in that place. I just don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why you're not moving. Now, can I be real with you this morning? It's not guaranteed that you're going to get that better house. It's not guaranteed that God's going to exceed your expectations. We should definitely believe and have faith that he can. But there's no guarantees in this because if our will is not in line with his will, then he won't do it because he has a plan. And so often his plans are not our plans. And that's when we get to a place of confusion because we're like, this is definitely his plan. This definitely makes sense. This is absolutely what God's going to do. And then he doesn't do it. And you're just like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why? This made so much sense. I, I'm sure I heard from you that that word that someone gave me, gave me confidence that this was what was going to happen. And, and it's not happened. And that is how life goes sometimes. Because what we think is the right path might not be God's path. But we've just got to have faith. We've just got to 
trust in him no matter what happens no matter how long that waiting period may be we've got to trust in him and go easy on yourself it's okay to say to God I don't get it I don't understand that's okay to to be in that place where you just say I don't understand but for those of you this morning who are who are in that in that waiting period just I hope that you can sense God's presence this morning, that he's just comforting you and saying, do you know what? You might be in a waiting period, but it's not wasted. Even if you can't see what it is that I'm doing right now, I'm doing something and it's my plan. It's my purpose. It's exactly what I want to be doing. And you're exactly where I want you to be right now. In that waiting season, we need to choose to trust in him and believe that he is always good believe that he is always good why don't we pray Lord God we just thank you that you are incredible and we oh, we just thank you for your awesomeness and your your majesty that that actually we don't know your plans we don't know your purposes but we just have faith to to take the next step and and the next step and we just believe in you we stand firm on the on the promises of scripture that say that that you will turn all things for for good we just thank you that that you're with us through every season of our lives even when it seems in our humanity that you're so distant Help us to know that you're right there with us. I believe that there's people here this morning that are in that that waiting period. So if that's you this morning, why don't don't you stand and we we can just pray over that and pray for for God's assurance. So if if that's you, stand to your feet right now and I just want to pray over you. Amen. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll, you'll begin to reveal your goodness to every person standing here this morning. That they'll really begin to sense the, the reality of the truth that, that you're with them. That they'll grasp hold of this truth that, that a waiting season is, is not a wasted season. That actually in this period of time that seems confusing, that seems difficult that seems like it makes absolutely no sense that you're doing something in us that you're at work in us Lord God we know that you're teaching us to to trust in you that you're teaching us to lean into you that you're teaching us to depend on you but Father God we just cry out once again for that thing in our hearts we we pray for healings We pray for miracles. We pray for breakthrough in our relationships. We pray for breakthrough in our finances. We pray for that person on our hearts that we we desperately want to come into the kingdom of God. Lord God, we cry out to you in that period of waiting and say we believe that you can come through. We have faith that you can break in. So Holy Spirit, just touch each and every one that is, that is on their feet this morning, that they will just feel your nearness and your presence, like, like just those loving arms just wrapped around us. 
that we can feel the, the warmth of your Holy Spirit moving through us and, and maybe give us a glimpse of, of what it is that you're doing in this period to, to just help us to, to cling on to that hope. Lord God, we know that this is not wasted time, that it's, it's important. That even though it makes no sense, that actually you're doing something incredible in us so that you can do something amazing for us. So this morning, I stand here and, and believe for breakthrough. I believe that, that we're going to see restoration. I believe that we're going to have testimonies of your goodness in the days to come. Lord God, as we've, as we've spoken not that long ago, we don't need to, to wait for weeks or, or months or years to, to hear those testimonies. I believe that you can come through right now. That, Lord God, even in this moment, breakthrough will come. But your will be done. Your will be done. 